Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. It's easy when the lights are on. Turn them off. What do you got? If it's not hard, there's the door. Work hard. Get better. It's simple. Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. It's there for the taking. We may not have it all together, but I believe together we can have it all. Can't lose on three. One, two, three. Can't lose. All right, hey, welcome to Liquid, everybody. Uh, great to see you. Would you welcome our campuses? We're glad you're joining us today. Welcome to kind of the fall kickoff. Uh, my name is Pastor Tim, and we are kicking off the fall kind of in these parts. The, the start of the fall always means two things, right? The start of school and the start of football season. Any Giants fans here? Giant fans, let's hear it. Go Big Blue. Any, any uh, Jets fans? Jets fans? Oh, we'll pray for you, okay? We'll pray for you. That's all right. Uh, at Liquid, we really believe, I saw some people in Tim Tebow jerseys, right? Uh, Jets Tebow jersey. Like, um, I'm like, I don't even know. There's so many things wrong with it. It's like, wrong sport, uh, you know, kind of thing. But we really believe that, uh, that church is a team sport and that whenever we come together under the banner of Jesus Christ, we can't lose. That's our, our theme this series, can't lose. And uh, I want to introduce you to kind of our starting lineup of campus leaders. If you're new, you need to know at Liquid, we're one church. But we meet in six different locations, what we call campuses, all around our state. And I want to introduce you to campus leaders at each one. So at our Somerset County campus in Somerville, we, can we hear it for our starting cornerback, Pastor John Cords. Let's hear it for John. <laughs> Born and raised in New Jersey, Essex County campus in Nutley, starting at center, Pastor Jason Pettibone. Let's hear it for this guy over here. Pastor, now here's the thing. This is true. Pastor Jason is actually a New England Patriots fan, okay? Now don't, I know. I know. Don't hold it against him. Even Jesus hung out with sinners and prostitutes, okay? So you just... Here in Morris County, another New Jersey native. She is sweet, but she will stuff you at the goal line, Miss Grace Hubschmidt. Can we hear for Grace there? Campus director here. Middlesex County in Edison, starting a cornerback, Pastor Kyler Black. Kyler is originally from Canada, so he's kind of an Argonauts fan. And in Union County at Mountainside Campus, he's a two-way player, Pastor Scott Elliott. Scott actually is from... Denver, so he was an understudy of John Elway out there. Scott's special because uh, Pastor Scott's actually playing two positions this fall. He's overseeing, we've never had this before, two campuses in Union County, our existing campus in Mountainside, as well as our brand new campus in Garwood, New Jersey. Can we hear for Garwood? It's about to launch. Very excited for this. We are very excited. This is our second campus in Union County. It is opening on October 9th. And if you're like, I don't know where Garwood is, it's located right next to Westfield uh, in Cranford. It's only about 10 minutes from Mountainside, um, but it's a brand new building. We finished renovations of it this summer. Very excited. We're doing a soft launch during the month of September, and the grand opening of our six campus is on October 9th. So if you live in central Jersey, you are going to want to join this team grand opening on October 9th. Ninth. And here's the fun news. Garwood actually has kind of a secret weapon. When we open October 9th, you're going to see a familiar face in the running back position, Pastor Keon Carpenter. Let's hear it for Keon. 
or is that Tiki Barber? I, li I literally looked at this. I was just like, I don't know if that's Keon's head photoshopped. It just may be Tiki Barber. Uh, Keon, as you guys may know, he actually was uh, an assistant campus pastor in Middlesex, and we're excited to promote him to assistant campus pastor in Garwood. So we're pumped for the fall. I know your campus team is too, so we're excited. You know, whenever we kick off the fall, I always kind of in my head, I'm like, I want to imagine, what would Jesus say to our church if he visited us? for kickoff Sunday. Like, just imagine for a moment, like, you know, he you know, ripped the roof off the building. Jesus comes through the ceiling of our church. He's here for kickoff Sunday. What would he say to us, right? Because we're followers of Christ, the church. This is his family. What would Jesus say? You know, I think here there would be two things that Jesus would immediately, like, want to get off his chest. First, I think he would say, um, who decided to make Miley Cyrus the new judge on The Voice? I think he would want to know, you know. They're going to hell, right? Uh, just kidding. Sort of. Um, I think he actually would say, say you know, guys, huddle up. I, I came to tell you something. This is very important. It's, it's a reminder. Christianity is a team sport. Can, can you say that with me? Christianity is a team sport. I honestly believe that. If Jesus visited our church today, the first thing that he would do would begin gathering 10 or 12 people around him to form his own, his own team or small group. He'd pull a dozen or so people at each campus and say, hey, do you want to join my team? Do you want to get down on the field and follow me? Because Christianity is a team sport. Now, how do I know the first thing Jesus would do is kind of form a, a team, of, a group of friends to do life with? And the answer is simple, because it's the first thing he did when he began his public ministry 2,000 years ago. If you open your Bible to Matthew chapter 10, you'll see that God's word says this. Jesus called his how many? 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority. In other words, you guys remember back like in grade school, like when they would pick teams in gym class. For some of you, it was very traumatic, right? The captain would pick his team like, I want her and him and him and her, not him, uh, him. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. That is, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to form a small group. I want you and you and you and you, Jude, I'm not so sure. Disciples. Disciples simply means followers or teammates. So Jesus was like, here's how the game works, guys. I'm the QB, I wrote the plays, I'm going to call the plays, but I want 12 players on the field with me, 12 teammates to run with and to share life with. And notice something, they're not supporting characters. Jesus gave them, what's the word here? Authority. He said, I'm going to actually hand you the ball. You're going to get to run with this thing. We're going to practice our faith together and play the game together. Does it sound good? Remember, Christianity is a team sport. And if we stick together, one, two, three, can't lose. Now, who did Jesus pick for his team? Because you all know the starting offensive line, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But there were others. There was Andrew or Drew. There was Jimmy, James. There was Bart. There was Petey. There was Tommy. Everyone was a little doubtful about Tommy. Uh, there's Judas. He may get cut later on. Who knows? But notice something, Jesus didn't pick spiritual all-stars for his team. He actually gathered the working class. He gathered busy working people like you and me. I mean, you're like, hey, it's the start of the fall, Tim. I am very, very busy. You want to talk about busy? Let me tell you about these 12 disciples. These guys worked six days a week. They weren't lazy sitting around, you know, eating nachos, watching football. Most worked 12 hours a day. And many of them actually even worked through the night, we're told. But no matter how busy they were, they had a priority. They always made time to be with Jesus together, to come together as a team, to be real, to be authentic in relationship. Why? Because they understood 
their full spiritual potential would not be unlocked at work. Their full spiritual potential wouldn't be unlocked even at home or in school. Their full potential in Christ was only unlocked once they got up out of their seats in the stands, got on the field, and joined a small group. Because Christianity, at its core, is a team sport. If they stood separated and alone, they realized we're not going to win. But if we stick together and we got Jesus at the center, we can't lose. Well, guys, 2,000 years later, the same thing is true today. What was true for Jesus and his small group of 12 disciples is true for every one of us as well. If you want to develop your full spiritual potential this fall, you need to get in a small group. If Jesus had to have one, you need to have one. You need to team up with 10 or 12 other Christians who are committed to being in each other's lives so we can actually be real and apply God's word to all the areas that matter most. Marriage, our parenting, our relationships, our work, our everyday life. So let me be upfront about my goal today because this is kickoff Sunday in a lot of ways. It's kind of like I'm just going to give you the game plan for the rest of the year all the way through Christmas because I know this is a time of year when we all start looking at our schedules and break into a cold sweat, Right? This whole month, some of you are like, oh my gosh, it's all starting. School, sports, activities, hot yoga, all my stuff. Yeah, that's just my calendar. Uh, all my calendar's starting to fill up. And busy working people like you and me, we just start deciding, like, what am I going to give my time to? What am I going to prioritize? And my goal today is to make getting in a small group your number one spiritual priority this fall. I'm going to use all my persuasive powers as your pastor to encourage you to get in a group this fall with 10 or 12 others at your campus who watch are on the same team, meaning they're in your season of life. So here's the example. If you're a 20-something single here, I'm going to challenge you today to find 12 millennials and form a group together. If you're a newly married couple, I'm going to encourage you to find another group with young couples. If you're, if you're married and you've got, you know, you've got small kids, I'm, got, I'm going to ask you to find other people who look tired and have a nervous twitch, and, and you guys form a group, okay? Or if you're empty nesters, you find a group for empty nesters. The point is, we want you to lock arms with 10 or 12 other teammates and join us on an eight-week journey of following hard after Jesus together. Because at Liquid, we believe every Christian needs what Jesus himself prioritized, a small group to grow deep alongside. Now, if you're new and you're like, what, what is a small group? Or at Liquid, we just call them groups. Groups are literally small groups of a dozen or so people who meet during the week. In other words, not just on Sunday. They also meet during the week one time, typically in someone's house or a coffee shop. And what do they do? They open the Bible, they share life together, and they pray for each other. They discuss what we learned on Sunday. A lot of times they eat snacks, and it's kind of like they support and encourage each other spiritually. And here's the exciting news. This fall, we have over 200 groups all over the state, for every age and stage. We have groups for singles. We have groups for married folks. We have groups for just men, for young moms, groups for teenagers, groups for senior citizens. We even have a couple of groups for college students this fall. And all the groups meet different days of the week, and you're going to get the chance today to do what Jesus did. At the end of today's service, which we're cutting short, you're going to have a chance to get out of your seat, find some teammates, and get in a group at your campus. I'm, I'm serious. I know some of you are stunned. I'm cutting the sermon short. You're like, a kickoff miracle. You're going to have a chance to meet with the group leaders at your campus and find somebody in season of life so you can grow together this fall. See, Jesus didn't just say, hey, Christianity is a team sport. He taught his disciples this key biblical principle, that the combined power of we 
is always greater than just me. Can you say this together? We is greater than me. The combined power of practicing your faith with like-minded peers is always more powerful than trying to follow Christ on your own. So your spiritual life is just kind of like going to the gym, right? Everyone, go to the gym isn't like a matter of good intentions, like, oh, I should work out. It's typically not about personal effort. The number one predictor of whether you keep going back to the gym or not is are you working out with somebody else? (laughs) And same is true in your spiritual life. The number one predictor of spiritual success, reaching your full potential in Christ, comes down to this. Are you practicing your faith with a small group of Christ followers? Is, is it we, you value the, the team and the community, or just me, just, just me and Jesus, you know? I treat my faith like a solo sport. I'm, I'm a solo sapien. I come on Sunday, but basically remain isolated the rest of the week. Here's the truth. You will not gain ground spiritually if you choose me instead of we. No matter how much you love God, or you want to understand the Bible, you will just fail to reach your full spiritual potential if you're not in a small group. Why? Because Christian has a team sport. And if Jesus had a small group, you have to have one. We is greater than me every single time. Let me illustrate for you one way that we is greater than me according to Scripture. The Bible teaches us that we helps me survive the blind side. Does everyone even know what a blind side is? Blind side is actually a football term, right? In fact, my favorite football movie of all time is The Blind Side. Anybody remember this? Sandra Bullock, okay? In football, the football term, a blind side, a blind side happens when you are suddenly hit from behind by something you never saw coming. I'll let Sandra Bullock explain. There's a moment of orderly silence before a football play begins. Players are in position, linemen are frozen, and anything is possible. Almost. And in summer weather here, mid-November. Then, like a traffic accident, stuff begins to randomly collide. From the snap of the ball to the snap of the first bone is closer to four seconds than five. First and ten, Riggins, please let her back to Bison. Bison's in a lot of trouble. One Mississippi, Joe Theismann, the Redskins quarterback, takes a snap and hands off to his running back. To Mississippi. It's a trick play, a flea flicker, and the running back tosses the ball back to the quarterback. Three Mississippi. Up to now, the play's been defined by what the quarterback sees. It's about to be defined by what he doesn't. Four Mississippi. Orange Taylor is the best defensive player in the NFL and has been from the time he stepped onto the field as a rookie. He will also change the game of football as we know it. And we'll look at it with the reverse angle one more time, and I suggest your stomach is weak, you just don't watch. Legendary quarterback Joe Theismann never played another down of football. You remember that moment? I remember that Sunday when the Lawrence Taylor Express blindsided Joe Theismann. He didn't see it coming, and he never got off the ground, never played football again. Here's the truth, guys. Sooner or later... Life is going to blindside every single one of us, including yours truly. It's not a threat, but just every single person in the world. Nobody escapes the pain of life in a broken world. And blindsides happen when you least expect it, right? Suddenly you're hit out of nowhere by something big, something you didn't see coming. 
a health crisis. You know, the, the test came back, it's positive. What? It's cancer. What? Or a loved one in your family gets sick and then they're in the hospital and there's an infection, there's a comp, what? And suddenly you're planning a, a, a funeral. What? Or your child who just seemed, you know, overactive is suddenly diagnosed with special needs and all of a sudden you're thrust in this strange world of IEPs and testing. Or maybe you have a teenager who's, you know, sailing smoothly along, no issues, and all of a sudden, wham! Bin they're, they're binge drinking or using drugs. That's a blind side. And they happen out of nowhere. And if it's not your family, maybe it happens at work. You walk in one day, yeah, you want to see me, boss? Yeah, sit down, I have some bad news. We're downsizing. What? And suddenly after 5, 10, 15 years, all of a sudden you're like, I'm packing up my desk in a box and carrying your stuff out. Or you graduate from college and you got a degree and you got a lot of debt and suddenly you're like, I can't find full-time work. I've had so many people say to me, Pastor Tim, I have seen so much stuff in my life, I never saw this coming. That's a blind side. Can I ask you this? What are you going to do in that moment? Who are you going to call? when life delivers a late hit. Outside of your immediate family, who are you going to reach out to when you're laying on your back and you actually need a hand up? The truth is this, guys. You need spiritual community in that moment. You need this church. You need the people sitting next to you in your row today. You need a small circle of trusted brothers and sisters to encourage you and to actually lift you up in that vulnerable moment. And if you're here right now and you're like, well, you know, that's fine for others. I'm not really in a vulnerable moment. Understand something. There's someone sitting in your row right now who is. And they need your help as a brother or sister in Christ. L listen to what the Bible says about the blind side in Ecclesiastes 4. This is from the Old Testament. This was written by Solomon, the wisest man in history. Here's what Solomon said. Two are better than one. If the other falls down, one can, what, help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has, what, no one to help them up. You know, I had a guy come up to me after a, a Sunday service. I said, hey, Pastor Tim, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And he said, I just want to thank you so much, you know, for this church. And I said, you know, tell me why. He said, well, it's not the sermons. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. He goes, no, no, I don't mean they're bad. Or he goes, I, I, but I just want to thank you because my small group saved my life. And I leaned in. I was like, tell me about that. And he's like, he told me basically about his, his wife of five years. They'd been through a very rough patch. It's kind of rocky starting out. But he assumed that things had kind of stabilized. And he said to him, I remember the night that I got into bed. I put my head on the pillow, clicked off the light. And my wife spoke these words in the dark. I don't think I love you anymore. I don't want to be married to you anymore. You talk about a blind side? That's a Lawrence Taylor level hit that most men never recover from. And he said, at first, I was just numb. I was shocked him. He said, I couldn't believe this was happening to me. And without going into details, his wife left him, vacated the marriage. He said, I was beside myself. I, I, my shock just kind of turned to anger, and he felt his heart turning this kind of deep shade of bitter. But then he said, but then my group, the small group I was in at this church, it saved me. He was in a men's group, and he told me how the men in his group kind of rallied around him, reached out called him on the phone, met with him for lunch. They got together for dinner. They listened patiently. They, they processed. They prayed with him. They encouraged him, even when he felt like kind of hiding from life and isolating. He said, Tim, my group was like a band of brothers. He said, and through the messy separation, he said, it was the strangest thing. As my wife pulled away from me, I was pulled closer to Christ. As my physical family came apart, my spiritual family closed ranks. And they loved me. They listened 
And God showed me these gaps in my life that I just never seen before. And although my marriage wasn't saved, he said, I was. God became real to me almost like for the first time in my life. And my group became my family. Guys, that's the power of a small group. Two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. That's the power of caring Christian community. We helps me survive the blind side. Now listen, as your pastor, I pray none of you will ever be knocked to your knees like that, okay? I hope life only throws roses at you and there are no late hits. It's not how life goes, is it? I like what Frederick Buchner said. He said, here's the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. You are among friends. This church is your spiritual family, and we're here to help you. That's our goal. That's our heart. Together, as we follow Jesus onto the playing field, we get each other's backs. If Jesus had to have a small group, you need to have a small group because we helps me survive the blind side. That's just one reason you need to get in a group this fall. And I want you to take it from me because as your pastor, I am in a small group. My wife is in a small group. Our daughter, Chase, she's now entering high school, and she is in a small group this fall with 10 of her peers from high school. It meets in our home. We have groups now for every age and stage and season of life, married, single, young, old. People are here who are on the same team. They can relate to what you're going through and grow alongside. So here's the secret, guys. If you actually want to grow deep in your faith in Christ, you have to make time for real relationships where you can be honest, where you can let your hair down. Even if your life isn't perfect, that's important. This is like the perfect place for imperfect people. Groups are the, the, maybe the one safe place in your life where it's okay to be honest and then watch, experience God's amazing grace when you need it the most, like Stephen and Kelly discovered. Listen to the story of what happened in their group. We had gotten away from the church for about six months. I had some weaknesses that uh, I was not able to, um, to handle by myself. And I um, made a, an inexcusable mistake of being unfaithful to my wife. I was very afraid when I told my wife. And after she and I worked through that and she made the choice to forgive me for what I had done, and we were both committed to one another that to keep our, make our marriage work. Uh, we were hosting a life group at our home and we hadn't shared this with our group. I had felt like God was telling me, you know, you need to be honest with your friends because it's just gonna make a wedge in between you. I just feel like I'm lying to them and um, we're just acting like our marriage is perfect and everything and I just couldn't have them trust in me if I couldn't trust in them. And so I was very apprehensive that um, if I told them what I had done, that I would be judged and that uh, they wouldn't come back. I was afraid they'd judge me for staying with Steve and forgiving him and everything. So, um, but I felt like it was the right thing to do because I couldn't continue to lie to them. So that night we sat down and told them that we were gonna be off the agenda for what we we're normally gonna talk about. There was lots of tears on my part and others. Uh, there was uh, an immediate expression of, of support. Um, it, it totally surprised me. There wasn't any judging, there wasn't any negative comments. After I opened up uh, that night, my friend Ryan that uh, I made friends with through the group and through the church, uh, he opened up as well and discussed, a, uh, told us that he had a problem with alcoholism. I had my own junk that, uh, 
that really no one outside of me and my immediate family knew. I left the bad me at home, and you know, I, I dressed the part. And so when Steve opened up, that really, um, that, that really helped me to realize that my life group was there for me. Not being completely honest with my life group for the first uh, three or four months um, really hindered um, my spiritual growth. Almost immediately after I opened up uh, with my alcoholism, I felt a sense of acceptance. Another uh, byproduct that stemmed from this openness is um, I, I said that night that I needed an accountability partner. Um, Ryan and I decided he and I would be accountability partners. I checked up with him on his alcoholism and, and he checked up with me with my struggles. That success in us being accountability partners and, and others in the group seeing that has encouraged others to to have accountability partners. We, uh, we started doing life together like small groups are, are designed to do. We're really, really close, just like a big family. Guys, that's a real life story about the power of loving Christian community. When you are able to be honest about your struggles with other believers, and instead of getting judged, you are embraced, you're accepted, you're supported, you're loved. That's actually how life change happens. God does his best work in community. Think about it. Those two guys, right, Steve and Ryan, they had serious issues, infidelity, drinking. But they became serious disciples of Jesus Christ, not in isolation, hiding from other believers, but actually by opening up and experiencing the freedom and accountability with other Christians. That's the number one reason I want to challenge you to get in a group today, so that you can experience the free way of life that comes from real relationships with God and other Christ followers. In fact, that term, freeway, is the title of our church-wide campaign this October. For eight weeks, our entire church, every campus at Liquid, we're going to be going through a special series called Freeway, A Not-So-Perfect Guide to Freedom. And this series is all about walking in freedom in Christ. And it really, I believe, has the power and the potential to change your life wherever you are in the spiritual journey. Because I understand some of you are here today and like you're just starting out. You're like, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm even a Christian yet. I'm just exploring faith. I want to understand what following Jesus means. Freeway is the perfect series to jumpstart your journey with Jesus. Or if you're a new Christian or maybe you're returning to church after being away for some time, this is going to be so helpful to you in a big way. And others of you, you're like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Pro Bowl. I've been here, man, for 10 years, okay? I've been on the field slugging it out. I really believe that you're going to go to a deeper place than you've ever gone before. Because all of us want to be free, right? All of us want to find the free way to live. But the truth of the matter is we're not all free. Sometimes shame and regret from past mistakes actually kind of cripple us and keep us from moving forward into God's destiny and his purpose for our life. But listen, as Christians, here's what it means. We don't just believe Jesus came to this world to model a new way of life. He died this bloody death on a cross, and then he was raised from the dead, not so that you can live like a slave. See, the gospel is God doesn't want the sanitized, spiffed-up version of you. He wants you just as you are. And that's what Freeway is about. It's all about grace. And I'm so pumped to preach this series because I'm not just going to kind of give you an inspiring message on Sunday. Our church has now purchased thousands of freeway workbooks for every small group member to dive deeper during the week. Guys, I know you're going to resonate with some of the real life issues. This is very real that we're going to explore together. In fact, let me give you kind of a sneak peek and then explain how you can get in a group today. 
Life doesn't always play nice. The job fizzles, the kids are bouncing off the walls, the cat dies. You start thinking to yourself, hey God, this isn't what I signed up for. Freeway is a small group study that helps us share our not so perfect stories. And whether our struggles could fill up the entire Pacific Ocean or just a tiny teacup, it's time to find hope in tough times. Freeway takes us through six life-changing steps. Step one, we'll learn how to escape the rat race and hear God's voice. Step two, we'll confront that 800-pound bully called fear and his ugly twin brother called insecurity. In step three, we'll stop being people pleasers and take ownership of our life. In step four, we'll earn a PhD in the art and science of forgiving people, including ourselves. In step five, we'll learn how God wants to throw a party for one of his favorite people in the universe. Hint, that person's name starts with Y and ends with O-U. And finally, step six, you'll discover your purpose and how you're rescued to become a rescuer. So what do you need to do Freeway? First, you'll need the amazing Freeway workbook. Secondly, you'll need a group, two, four, or 10 people. Size doesn't matter. Together, you'll share, laugh, and discover that our not-so-perfect stories are a lot alike. So you might be wondering, do I have to be a Bible Einstein to lead a freeway group? Heck no. You just have to organize some group details, ask a few questions, and boom, you're ready to rock it. From New York to LA, from Sydney, Australia to London, England. Tens of thousands of people just like you have gone through Freeway, and now it's your turn. Freeway, a not-so-perfect guide to freedom. Pretty cool, right? Freeway is our big church-wide campaign this fall, and we want every single person to be part of it. I want you to join a small group, and I want you to have a workbook to follow along because for six weeks, I'm going to actually be preaching through a lot of the themes that you just heard about, how to hear God's voice, how do you overcome fear, people-pleasing, how do you forgive those who hurt you, how do you find God's purpose for your life. And let me tell you something. During the week, what's going to happen is your small group's going to meet. You're going to share your story. You're going to journal, hey, what is God telling me? And then we're going to pray and grow together in Christ. I'm excited because these workbooks are so cool. They're kind of, uh, uh, we got this, it's an amazing um, kind of visual. It's almost like, you know, like one of those adult coloring books, but it's Bible-based. Um, they retail for 15 bucks on Amazon. We're making them available for five bucks if you're in a small group. And P.S., if you can't afford that, we'll just give you one. Don't tell anyone I told you that. But we want everyone to get this. And it's something that every group at every campus is doing this fall. And if you're not in a group, I'm like, I just don't want you to miss out. You're going to kick yourself once this series starts. Because even like our high school students, they're going through that. Did you know that if you're a parent? Your, your students are going to be going through freeway in their groups as all of our adults go through. So this is like an amazing opportunity for your family to grow together spiritually. So get out of your seats today. Get on the field because Christianity is a team sport. And we want to help you find teammates together this fall. And to do that, I'm going to invite our group leaders to the front right now at every campus. So guys, come on down at every campus. Would you welcome our small group leaders? We're grateful for them. Come on down, guys. Make your way down. And you're going to have a chance now in just a couple minutes to meet with them one-on-one, to kind of eyeball them. Do you see a stage of life that fits you? What day or time of the week works for you? And sign up. Now, let me be clear, as you kind of look at the leaders and they're holding up signs, um, there are groups for every age and stage. Every group is an eight-week commitment. So you are not locked in for life. You're not signing up for life. It's two months, and it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Now notice, your group leaders are holding up signs like this, okay? And it says the age of the stage, the location, the town that it's in, the day, the time of the week. So for instance, I'm actually holding up the group that Colleen and I are leading this fall. You can see it says single 20-somethings, okay? That, for, for real, I said to Colleen, I was just like, I'm feeling old. She's like, you need younger friends. So, so we found a group of millennials. We're like, hey, can we hang out? They're like, will you give us food? I was like, yeah, okay, we'll come to your house. So that's, that's our group, 20 single somethings, uh, you know, Madison, New Jersey, Tuesdays from 7 to 9 o'clock p.m., Tim and Colleen Lucas. That's just an example of one group, but we put the full list in your program. So if you open your program today, you'll see something that looks like this. It's got the list of every open group in your area, the date and the time, the age and the stage, and if you don't see one that fits your schedule, ask us. We will help you find one that fits. Maybe you're like, I want to go there straight from work, so I'm in a different area. We'll help you. If you don't see one, and you're like, I want to start a group, it's not too late to do that. We'll help you start a group. It's an eight-week commitment, not locked in for life, very low risk, but very high reward. Notice also, by the way, there is a map on this sheet at your campus, and we're going to dismiss you in about two minutes to go to the group's room and use the last 15 minutes of this service. So you can kind of eyeball the different leaders, see which one might fit, talk to them. And parents, now I need to tell you this. Listen, we're going to let you go. We're letting you go early. Do not, parents, go down and you're like, woo, brunch is early today. I'm going to get my kids and jet out of here. Your kids are not done. We're letting you out 15 minutes early, but not your kids. The goal here is for you to have buffer time Go to the group's room. Even if you're in a group, like, go say hi to your group leader. Give them a high five. Thank them for serving. And then go pick up your kids. If you're new, understand, this is how you get plugged into this church. This is where you find friends. This is how we make a big church feel small. We already have about 1,500 people who are in small groups right now. So just ask them, like, how is it? How vital is it to your faith? And just remember, guys, Christianity is a team sport. You and I need each other. We is greater than me every single time. Amen? So group leaders, I'm going to dismiss you right now at your campus. Just go on out to the lobby. They have a special groups room that they have prepared. They're going to be ready to receive you. Head on out, guys. And uh, as they do, can we just thank all of our group leaders at every campus? They're incredible. They're on the front lines of ministry. And guys, again, 60 seconds, we're going to let you go early. But here's the deal. Listen, listen, listen. Right now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like looking at your iPhone. You're like, this is never going to work. I do not have time. <laughs> That's because you're listening right now to your calendar. You're listening to the world, which says this. You're too busy for relationship. You got to skim the surface in your conversations. You don't have time to be real. Relationship will slow you down. That's true. But here's the other truth. You will never grow deep in Christ until you go deep with his people. So understand, guys, Sunday is the kickoff. Sunday is just the start. But the game of life is played Monday through Friday. And Jesus says, you're sitting in rows right now, but huddle up, huddle up. It's in circles that you'll grow strong in your faith as you follow me and love one another. We is greater than me every single time. If Jesus had a small group, you and I need a small group. Isolated and separated and apart, we can't win, guys. But together in community, you can't lose. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer, all our campuses, and then your campus leader will give instructions for meeting all of the group leaders at your campus. Father, we just thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, for 
um, the hundreds of group leaders at every campus, Lord, who have in the summer, they've invested hours and time preparing a group, Lord, to receive new people. Father God, I thank you for their investment. Bless their families, their groups this year. As we start out on this eight-week journey uh, together, God, I pray that you'll do work deeper in places in our hearts we can't even imagine, uh, that you would do works of freedom in marriages and families, relationships all over the state. Um, Father, I pray right now for those folks who are new to our church and maybe they feel a little overwhelmed, a little intimidated. Father, I pray that you'd give them the courage right now to take a step of faith and go talk to some people. Um, to reach out and find some teammates, Father God, and find out more about getting in community. And God, I pray right now for maybe some of us who, you know, we've been in a group before. Maybe it wasn't a great experience, you know? Maybe we felt a little burned or something. God, I pray that you'd heal that and even give us the courage now to say this is a new beginning, this is a new season, and take a step into community. Father, we trust you. We thank you that we were created by you and for you, and that together, God, we can follow Christ successfully. So bless our groups now, Father, as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you are inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.